This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Buckle up, sports fans. We're going into overtime. Get ready. It's our third episode of the week. I know it's completely unprecedented. It's also kind of crazy. We thought we couldn't fill a weekly show, and here we are on our week with three shows in a row. So buckle up, sit back, grab a beer. Don't grab a beer if you're driving. But here we go with a bonus episode. This is the filmmakers behind Cleaning Up the Town. Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Three episodes in one week. Have we gone mad? Chris, what is happening? We've gone mad. We have gone completely mad. We've gone completely berserk, everybody. Yes, your eyes are not deceiving you. Your ears are not fooling you. You are listening to a third episode this week. It's our second bonus of the week. Uh, We have a very special guest that we wanted to get on to the podcast as soon as possible who, uh, if you're not familiar with, we have two crowdfunding campaigns that are going on right now for two very different but very awesome documentaries that are Ghostbusters related. Uh, there is, of course, the Brendan Merton's Ghost Heads documentary that everybody is, is uh, knows and loves. Uh, chances are, if you're listening to this, you're probably in it. Uh, but that that one, they're still working on a crowdfunding campaign for. But uh, but also, Cleaning Up the Town, uh, a documentary that's been eight years in the making, uh, is just wrapping up its crowdfunding campaign. And there's a very short 10 days left, and it's very crucial that they get their funding so that we can wrap this one up and it can get into everybody's eyeballs as quickly as possible so we thought it would be great to have uh, our friend anthony bueno on the on the show to talk about what he's doing uh tell us a little bit about the documentary tell us how important this kickstarter is and uh and then hopefully open your minds open your wallets go make a donation so that we can all see this awesome documentary so chris are you ready we've gone mad we have gone mad all right let's do it let's bring anthony in Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? What are you supposed to do, some kind of a cosmonaut? What has that got to do with it? Back off, I'm a scientist. Hello? Anthony and Claire, good morning. How are you guys? Very good morning. Good good evening to you. <laughs> the magic of podcasting, it is 6 a.m. in the morning, your time. It is uh, 10 p.m., Chris, and my time the day before. It's uh, it's like time travel. This is amazing. It's just, it's like, it's like Ghostbusters and Back to the Future have come together. <laughs> it has matched up. Uh, well, we're so glad to have you guys uh, here to talk with, uh, with us uh, on the last... What are we on? Ten days now of, of the crowdfunding yeah. campaign? Yeah, I yeah. think it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Now back to yeah, ten, eleven days. Oh, 
it's the home stretch well uh, I thought it I thought it would be good to have you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves and then we can get into the documentary and then you know talk about what this this kickstart is doing for you but uh, so f- I, I guess first and foremost uh, Anthony you and you and Claire have been a staple behind the camera in the UK you've been you know, on the stop and talks on the red carpet, you've been doing interviews, you've been doing hosting. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about you guys' you know, background in the industry. What is it that you primarily do on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> Starve. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the British film industry. <laughs> um, I mean, so, I mean, day-to-day, I, I freelance, basically. So it's anything from camera work to editing. Um, like you know, master of all trades. Uh, what's it? No, no. Jack, of all, Jack, Jack of, all of all trades, trades master of none. <laughs> um, so it's kind of yeah, just like I mean, it was interesting. We had a conversation with some friends the other day about like working in the UK in comparison to sort of what it can be working like in the US. And and when you talk about sort of like the projects that you work on, and it's just it basically amounts to people not ever knowing about the things you've ever worked on ever so when you talk to somebody in the states oh, we did a few things i worked on a few things on pirates did a little bit on this film did a little bit on that on on mocking jay or what is it, or the hunger games it's like what did you do it's like yeah no, no, nothing like that <laughs> nothing like that even at all so that's that's what it's like over here so that's yeah that's on a day-to-day basis that's me i'm just trying to kind of find him work and 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 just trying to sort of like keep your head above water basically mm. And, and I'm a I'm a film presenter. Um, got a company called Premier Scene, and like I say, we do um, interviews on the the red carpet, and um, and also um, we have a lot of um, you know post screening Q and As. Sure, so sure. So I host I host those as well. So I freelance doing that as well. Um, so th- uh, that's me in a that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> uh- that's great. I mean, you guys, you rub elbows with with all of these stars and the filmmakers, and so you're well versed in in interviewing them and and getting to the bottom of of the the topic at hand, which I love. But um, so wh- where where did this uh, cleaning up the town? I know you guys have talked about it before, but where did the germ of this idea start? Where did it originate, and and how's it kind of progressed over eight years? I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You go for it, get Chris, and I'll, I'll no. just go back to the No, no, um, no, no, no. I'm just excited that I know the answers. So, but no, you should, you should tell. Um, it's actually related. It's actually related to something that I wanted to interject, which was this is not your first uh, making of documentary, so to speak. So, um, if I, unless I got my answers wrong, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna step away now. And no, I'm gonna no, let you answer you the question. Right. You are right. Yeah, I mean, we um, we were involved with um, the making of Beware the Moon. Remembering American Wealth in London, and we'd sort of like done some documentary stuff at the time, just like pilot things. Again, nothing that you'll ever know or hear about. And um, and and I was approached to to do an American Wealth in London. It when it all st- actually all stemmed from going to a convention. First time I ever went to a convention, and a friend of mine had a night rider car that was being put on show there and he, he couldn't be there and so he asked me if I could go up and just give him a hand and Ernie was there good old Ernie Hudson um, he may not remember it but it's burned in my memory and that was the first time I'd ever like this is like 
like proper famous people and Ghostbusters, and it was it was quite a moment. And that led on to going to another convention, to helping them out, doing exactly the same thing. Uh, I met a fellow called Paul Davis, and he started talking about doing an American Wealth in London documentary, and I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. So I was getting a bit deluded with the whole filmmaking thing at that point. And uh, and, it, and it was it's one of those things, and a lot of people talk about stuff, and it was one of those occasions where it was spoken about, and we was doing it within a matter of a few months, we were filming that. And and at that stage, I think after we interviewed a couple of people, it's like I, I really enjoy this whole learning about the film industry, and about and, and the film industry within a certain point of the within a certain era. So it's always thinking about well, what's the next one going to be, and it was always for me, it was always going to be Ghostbusters, um, and. And, and that was it. It was just, we were just like, right, okay, so I started chiseling it down. And when we got to finally interview John Landis, um, when the moment was right, I kind of asked him and thought, you know, do you think Dan Ackroyd would be interested in doing a similar thing on Ghostbusters? He goes, oh, yeah, sure, I could get you, Danny. And that was that. was that. I was like, right, okay. So I came back and spoke to Claire. And, and, and Paul was more interested in going more filmmaking route than documentary. So it's like me and Claire, it's like, right, that was it. So we started jotting it all down and then... 2008 was when we sent out all the invites and stuff so and it seemed like a perfect collaboration as well with you know Anthony being obviously a, a filmmaker and, and doing the camera work and editing and, I, and I'm you know I was interviewing already at that stage with my presenting work and it seemed to be a perfect marrying of our skills to be honest and um, that could help you know progress both our careers that's I think that was another thing and, and get some sort of um, you know if we do a good job then um, which we intend to do um, then you know it could only better our, our careers as well really mm-hmm. um, and the and the reason for eight years well just because we're based in the UK then it's only been two of us to you know and as we know most films take far more people than just two um we, you know living in the uk logistically it's just been so difficult to i mean i was thinking about it the other night the, how we've interviewed people um across the uh, you know across the other side of the pond and organized it and, and actually got 70 people on camera when literally we were just coming over for like two weeks at a time wow. a month was the longest that we mm. did how we organized all of that I mean, actually, in fairness to Sigourney Weaver, not wanting to name drop, but I will. <laughs> so we'll put that name back. <laughs> we'll up put, again yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we interviewed her, she was she just she was just like, I can't believe how the pair of you just done this on your own. She, you know, you've done an incredible job, and you do, and when you're you're loving what you do, and you and you've just got this drive and this passion for it, you don't think about actually how much work you're putting into it. Um, but you know the reason for eight years is that you, we it's it's we're, we're so far away and it costs a lot of money. We're self-funded, um, and 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 now we've got to the point where we've actually run out of money. So. I, mean, that, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, Claire kind of thought we was talking about it again. We was like this thing we've been talking about quite a lot recently, obviously. But it was like she pointed out that you know there was a point where she actually packed her job in, and it was difficult because it was in the middle of a recession as well, which I'd forgotten about, and and. Just a lot of work was kind of drying up, but there was like the only way we were going to do some of these things if we come over for a chunk of time is when we come over for a month. So Claire packed a job in um, so we could just go over and relax without her having to worry about coming back and or, you know, come back to, coming back to a job. So even though that was an added, added pressure, but it was just like, but it's the only way we can actually get that amount of time to go over and get mm. what we thought would say, right, okay, month, that'll be fine, we'll get everybody then, and it just didn't happen that way, you know, and it still took another two years after that date to still get Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So, 
Um, so yeah, it's just yeah, it's just and it just drains funds like any kind of like sure. project does really. So yeah, I mean, I feel like the the common question that the DVD documentaries always get is why wasn't blank involved? And and usually it just comes down to scheduling. And you guys have been doing this over eight years, trying to make sure that you leave no stone unturned, which I love. You want to make sure that everybody is represented and and that you get down to the nitty-gritty in the craft and actually explore the filmmaking in depth so that you're not just getting that surface-level meniscus, which is which is great. And boy, the, the fact that you guys are sacrificing your job, sacrificing uh, your, your own finances and, and coming out to the States to, to film this, I mean, that, that truly defines a labor of love uh, in my eyes. So... Uh, I mean, what what have been some of the other challenges you mentioned scheduling, um, you know, in terms of getting in touch with people and getting them uh, excited and interested in participating? Are there other challenges to, to making this this documentary? Um, it's, a really, it's a really good question. I mean, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, well, no, that's a good, I mean, I'm trying to think of any other... I mean, it's, it's just, a di- I, I mean, suppose the, in some respects, the distance the, well, the is... Massive, the, the massive challenge, sorry to, to interject there, but it's called Bill, Bill Murray, yeah, who's, so who's, who's <laughs> basically, I've, I've, I've seen him again through through Premier Scene, um, and, um, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to him, and, you know, he, he knows about the other people that we've interviewed, so he, he knows about the documentary, he's very much on board, yeah, I'll do the interview, and then when we come over to the States, we, you know, no matter how hard we try, we can't, we can't get to him, hmm. you know, and, um, you know, his legal representative said, you know, what Bill says he'll do and what he does are two different things, <laughs> and so that's been a massive challenge. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, and we it, haven't given up. No, no. I mean, this is it. As far as, as I'm concerned, when until it's kind of locked and it's finally out, then until that point, the the odd people that we'd still like to get, like Bill Murray and, and Rick Moranis, for that matter, um, are two people that we'd like to get. I mean, they've been the... Uh, yeah, they've been like... The, they have been the trickiest. I mean, anybody else has sort of like come back, um, like Peter McNichol, because I really wanted to get him, but he, he did reply to an email and sort of like... And he was a really lovely reply. Just saying that it would just, he's very, it's, it's just, he really doesn't enjoy kind of analyzing himself in that kind of a way, but he really wishes very well with the documentary and stuff. And it's like, that's, that's fair enough. And I'm not, I mean, the one thing we don't want to do is like, you know, put people on the spot with, um, with things that they don't really want to do or, or comfortable with because it doesn't do, and do anybody any favors, basically. So, um, so, but you know, Bill likes to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, go for it. Yeah, well, and I mean, you mentioned all of these above the line people, but what I love about what you're doing is, I mean, tell me about some of the other craftsmen that you have already interviewed that are represented in the film. I mean, down to the creature design and production design and um, all of these people that had such a huge hand in making these two films what they were. Well, I mean, that, that, yeah, well, that's the thing. That's exactly it. It's like we, you know, it's, it's my, always been my sort of like theory with this. It's like, you know, a film isn't a one man band. And as much as some filmmakers apart like it, but like a tandem. Um, but it was, but it was just like there's there's so many elements to doing a film. And I, when I went to film school, it was just like learning about all those things. But then when you you finally do get out there and you talk to all these different people, everybody has a story and everybody has a point of view. I mean, sometimes it's like hard facts, but especially when you're dealing with techniques of how something was done. And then there's the other stories that are around it that 
are every, that has a certain different kind of point of view because you know like the, the where is the soap scenario with um, Willem uh, Willem von Homburg. von Homburg and stuff like that and like needing a wash after he's playing Vigo and stuff and then walking out into the creature shop naked <laughs> asking where the soap was in the shower. And you've got like several different versions of like how that story came to be from different angles. And it's just, and that's the thing, it's like it's well, depending so many on different... what kind of point of view they were sat in the room. Ah, <laughs> oh, how funny. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean like Mark Wilson who was the puppeteer in Side Slimer that, you know, we didn't know about him even when we started the documentary, because he wasn't even credited on IMDb. And what what has been very nice about like it taking the amount of time it has is that you interview a couple of people and then say, oh, by the way, have you interviewed, you know, such and such like Mark or, or Stuart? It's like, no, no, no. It's like, oh, you, know, you, you really want to kind of like talk to, to like Mark Wilson, because he was the puppeteer, and then you talk to him, and they said, you spoke to this person, this person, this person. No, oh, well, you know, you need to talk to them. Because the credits as well, that was the big issue at the time because like, the credits got altered or there was 97 people got like removed from the credits. So that did make it harder yeah. in the early stages finding out who really did what and who was properly credited for the work they'd done. Like Steve Johnson wasn't really credited properly for the work that he did on it. So it was like, yeah, it's like hunting all those kind of people down. And Stuart Zier, and some of the people that's like, and you, you, all, I, you never want to be kind of like, prejudiced about anybody it's like ah it's okay well they did that job it's fine because no, no, no job on that film was like oh that job it was like everyone played such a, a vital role on both films and it was just like to try and get to as many people as possible from the sound design to the to the creature design even to the producing or anything like that and and it was all important just as important to get them as it was to get people like Dan Aykroyd and, and Sigourney and, and all the rest of them and it's, it's so good that you picked up on the word craftsman because that's exactly what they were as well. You know, I mean, these, these people were, were pioneers of, of, of the effects industry. And, um, you know, that it's, it's, it's all, you know, pre-digital, um, as we know. I mean, some of the younger fans, you know, the, the much younger fans probably won't even realise, you know, the ones that, that are younger even before the, you know, after effect, after digital effects started, um, they probably think it's all done in computer, and it wasn't. You know, all these people had to devise, you know, machinery to create a certain effect, um, and then go to Kodak to get the, the film made. And, and you know, yeah, I didn't realise that as well at the beginning. But you don't in this day and age. You just go and buy whatever you need. You don't think about having to actually build something to actually do a job that you needed to do. You just think. You know, you Google it, you go on eBay, you find the whatever it is you need, and Bob's your uncle. It's it's you know it's, it's you know yeah. It's yeah. playing down a little bit about some people's skills, but you know you download a bit of software these days, and you and you come up with an effect where they had to completely construct film stocks and send those designs to Kodak or design lenses and, and build printers to do the edge. Just it's, it's amazing, yeah. But, that, but to them, they're just like, oh yeah, you know, that was just a part of the job, and they're just very chilled about it. You're thinking, Christ, I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, our jaws are dropping as they're telling us this story, and you just make it just makes you even more in awe of what they do. To be honest with you, um, and and again. The, the, the good thing about it taking so long and that you also picked up on is that it, 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 it has been able to unearth people that have never spoken on camera about their experiences working on, on either film 
Um, and, and again, by having, you know, like 70 plus people, there's this plethora of information that, that we can then add to the tapestry of the, of the yeah. film, you know, and it makes it just richer because you've got all of these stories and anecdotes. Um, and, and again, you know, some of the people now sadly have passed away. Um, and you know what, we've forever got their, their experiences locked on camera and I yeah. think that's, that's you know that was one of the things that we really wanted to capture that's important for us it, it's capturing a piece of cinema history you know we I, I don't want to kind of say we're film historians because that that's kind of sounds like we're making ourselves more elaborate than what we are but but we but we are wanting to capture a certain moment in cinema history aren't we really yeah, exactly. well, <laughs> hey I'm going to interject and say you guys are film historians I was going to say you are I don't are. know why you guys yeah. keep doing this because every time I talk to Anthony it, it's the same thing uh you know we're just doing our thing. no you i said it last time i spoke to anthony anthony cannot pass from this world without securing where all of your tapes end up okay like they have to end up in a university somewhere or send them yeah. off to the uh the i don't know like the director's guild archives or something like that. <laughs> to the so BFI. You guys... actually we could sell them to the bfi and actually make our money there you go well and the thing is is try and i try and I both know we've seen a lot of uh, film documentaries and some of them are real flash in the pan cash in ones too right like they're supposed to be a records of the movie and they're very superficial you guys have surpassed certain academics with the amount of stuff you've come up with like just just now listening to you guys talk for example you guys have highlighted we're all as film people kind of like film fans familiar with that transition from I, I don't know the the Italian job era where the credits were like you know thirty seconds of frames at the front of the movie and then it was over to now where the scroll goes on for ten minutes and you guys highlighted that in the eighties there was still a transition going on you guys said like ninety some other like nearly a hundred people that worked on the film didn't end up getting credit in the movie that would not happen now yeah. right like everybody who touches the movie now gets their name at the end somewhere. So it's and and it's like Claire said, it's important that you guys manage to 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 find them. Like Troy and I stumbled upon this uh, at Christmas time when we did commentaries for the two movies, and uh, one of the effects films uh, f people that I follow on Facebook, they had posted a, a video clip of the retirement of a model puller. I forget his name right now, but he was retiring. And he was, it was during the production of Ghostbusters 2. It was his last film working on Ghostbusters 2. And he had been doing it for years, like pulling models, like, like sculpting and pulling models from molds and all that. And he's not in the credits. Like we were horribly yeah. confused about where the video was. Like it was only from the Back to the Future poster in the back that we went, this is probably ILM or ILM related for Ghostbusters 2 because it was obviously after the first movie. So. You guys got to stop poo-pooing yourself right now. This is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this I would is say, a very important, important movie. Yeah, if if you if you don't want to call yourself uh, call yourselves film historians, maybe calling yourself film preservationists is uh, oh, fair I because that. I mean the, the fact that you like you say you're capturing these stories, you have seventy plus stories that you know right right down to these uh, anecdotal things, you know, uh, of, of wiping the Vigo makeup off, that kind of thing. It's to me, I, I will say. 
say it belongs in a museum like Chris, but at the same time, you, you really are, you're capturing these stories. And sadly, the people that have left us can no longer tell those stories. So if anything, you have preserved their story uh, for your film, for future uh, study, which, which I love. So you're, you're benefiting the film historians of the future, if you look at it that way. Well, that's a wonderful way to put it. Thank you. No, thanks very much. Actually, I'm I'm getting quite used to the film historian thing, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Well, then we'll call you guys. Film historian. Actually, if it takes any longer, they'll be putting us in a museum. (laughs) No, no, no. All right, Troy. We get to make the documentary of the documentary. It's ours now. (laughs) The day is ours. Well, I think that sort of leads me to to the second segment here. I mean, where... Where in the post-production process are you guys? I mean, you've, you've put out that, that wonderful vlog that tells everybody where you're at, but just for our listeners, you know, where are you at and how are you trying to get across the finish line so that this, this documentary is finished? Um, well, I, I mean, we, we got a very kind of rough, like, first half, and, it's, and it is extremely rough because, I, I mean, I was, um, like, I assembled, like, all the, like, essentially all the Ghostbusters kind of interviews. I haven't touched the Ghostbusters 2 section yet. <clears throat> and I got all of that laid down and then sort of like dwindled it down to around about two and a half hours, roughly, which I still need to go and tidy that up. Um, so we were kind of at that stage. And then it was, you know, again, trying to struggle between doing the day job stuff and and then like having the time to like sit and really kind of like go through this and, and kind of take the stuff out that you think isn't necessarily necessary or sharpen it all up. Actually, that's been um, another challenge, the, you, the time to allowing you to do the time and sit and do the edit. Yeah, that is, that, I mean, that is mm. the thing. And I, you know, it was something that I kind of realised while I was like doing that part of it, that it was like, I really need to have like somebody else to kind of work with. Because one, it's like bouncing ideas off somebody else in the same space is extremely beneficial because you kind of pick things out and you can just like move through things much faster. At least that's the way I've moved sure, much faster. Sure. <laughs> so, um, and Eastwood... Um, who'd sort of like been emailing me for a while um, sort of it was just like you know we seemed very very keen to to kind of like come on board and, and help edit the thing so and that's kind of like where the new trailer came from and then we started like talking about Kickstarter and all those kind of things about as, as a resource to kind of like make sure the money's there to make sure we, at least we've got a bit of money in the pot so we can fully dedicate ourselves to it for for a good two three months solid and and tear through it all so um, so there's, you know, we're not, we're nowhere near like the halfway point in that sense, but at least there is, there is a, a version kind of laid down that we just need to really sharpen up and put some, lay some graphics under and then edit the Ghostbusters 2 section. Right. But it, it's just, you know, there's a lot more kind of like to, to get done. And what's been rewarding since the whole Kickstarter thing happening is everybody else that's kind of come on board now. I mean, we had like Anthony Zart was kind of already there and he's been there since the very early stages who did the logo designer. and our graphic designer and stuff, the art director and he's fantastic and and he you know suffers the same thing as us you know you've got to go and do the day job so it's difficult to kind of spend the time where you can like normally tear through stuff in a day you've got to constantly juggle stuff um and jamie um and uh, and dave who are doing all the like the music and things you know i've been in touch with them for years i mean it's weird thinking about half these people we've known them for years but it just only feels like, oh, but we haven't known them for a few months. But because the documentary is now eight years, most of them we've known for like seven years, actually. Wow. So it's just been, you know, it's, and again, it's all those people that contact you and, and stuff. And and then we've got Derek and, and the lovely Troy. Um, and just what, you know, 
you, you've all been able to kind of like bring to it is just sort of like it's, it gives you a lot more kind of impetus I think is the right word yeah. to kind of like to, to get across the finish line because you do get a bit deflated sometimes when you're trying yeah. your hardest to get it to a certain point and I think you just have block as well don't you yeah 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 <clears throat> you do get like these kind of creative blocks as well so it's um, so it's it's been the, the, yeah the past although the stress of kickstart is one thing um, the fact of all the people we've got kind of on board at this point and the is, passion is, and the commitment. is amazing yeah well I mean I, I would imagine eight years in with 70 plus interviews uh, you have to be married to certain elements as well so what, what you were saying is having block it would help to hire that that extra editor to come in and sort of have an objective view on things to sort of help you mold it into something that's I mean I know you're going for the four hour director's cut which is what I'm fingers crossed hoping for but you have to get it down to something that has a, a tangible runtime so that that makes sense you you kind of have to hand it off and let somebody run with it yeah, yeah that was it. And, and then we wanted to we want it to have a, 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 some sort of theatrical release that's what we would really like yeah, wouldn't I mean, it that would so that's what, another reason for doing it at, at the 90 minutes because I think that's the most kind of like I think that's a good time for somebody to be sat in a movie theater and 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 sit and watch a film. I know sure. people go and sit and watch Lord of the Rings for three yeah. hours, whatever. But the thing is, this is a making of. And so I think an hour and a half is is just a, a good time, isn't it? And then the four hour cut is ideal for you know sitting at home, putting your feet up, watching it with a pizza and a you know a cup of coffee, <laughs> yeah, sure, you know. Sure. So um, you know, indulge all the way around. Or a Chinese, like they do in uh, exactly, yeah, yeah, the last of the petty cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eating your Chinese food and, and drinking your beers, but uh, so uh, so the Kickstarter. We're we're going to put this episode up. It's sort of unprecedented for Chris and I. It's going to be our third podcast in a week, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> but we, well we want to get this up to to help get the word out for you guys. So uh, I mean, this Kickstarter is so important. Um, where are you in the crowdfunding campaign right now? How can people help? Even if it's just a little bit, what what can they do to help you guys get this across the finish line? Yeah, but that, you know that's it. It's just like going on and, and like donating to the funds, and it really, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter how much you put in, but anything really helps at this point. I mean, we're just over halfway um, in terms of the funds. Where we've got another two, no, how many weeks? No, we've about, got ten, about, ten about, days. Ten days, yeah. So it's like yeah, it's like a week over, yeah. just over a week and a half. Um, so we've still got a long way to kind of go to get the money there. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's another drawback about being in the UK. Everything's got to be in pounds. So everyone in the US and Canada, it's a lot more money. But it's just like, if, you know, it's just anything. If it's like, you know, it's like 10 or $15, that's, that's fantastic. If we can get, you know, enough people, like all the Ghostbusters fans out there to kind of put that in, then then we should, well, you know, sail through the like the, the uh, total. I mean, the, the minimum is a, is a, is a pound, um, that we've put on there, and and that is like a dollar forty, US dollar forty. Um, when I checked yesterday, and if you think of the 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 gazillions of Ghostbusters fans out there, that if everyone just donated a dollar forty or a pound in ad, I'm not sure what it is in Canadian dollars. Um, <laughs> if if everybody you know donated that. Oh my God! Can you imagine the documentary that we could pull off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing, and um, and I, I and I, yeah, it's just I, it's it's a bit it's a bit worrying that at this point 
we've we've only had three hundred backers. Yeah, it's just a little over three hundred twenty. Yeah, oh, um, I think it's what we're coming out at the minute. And there's and there is there's, <coughs> and there's been so much coverage. You know, I mean, we're so lucky that people have, have you know, re- have responded so warmly. The videos had, the, the, the trailers had over 12,000 views on YouTube, yeah. and I don't know what it has on Kickstarter. And I, and I, I suppose, and I don't want to be negative, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that at this stage there aren't more people come forward to have donated even a pound or a dollar. You know, yeah, just that little bit. Just because yeah. every single little bit helps, and and I think what people aren't aware of as well with Kickstarter is that it is all or nothing. You know, which differentiates it from you know other crowdfunding um, um, bodies is that you know yes, it's amazing, and I, and we are incredibly grateful to the 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 twenty one thousand that we've got at the moment. But if we don't make the forty thousand, we get nothing. So, um, and the other thing as well is I think it's approaching payday and people are like, oh, I don't know because I haven't been paid. Nothing gets deducted from Kickstarter until or, or unless we make the, um, we, we make the, the, the grand total. So on the, sev- on the 7th of March um, at 9pm where we know whether we've, you know, we've, we've been successful or not, the money doesn't get deducted. So... Um, so if people know, you know, that they're going to get paid and they have an idea of what they want to contribute, if they can contribute so we can get past that 40,000 and then know that we're definitively going to get the money so we can finish the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I I mean, I, I would say that, uh, I, I don't want to put a very, uh, a threatening tone on and I don't want to get negative, but it sounds like if this Kickstarter doesn't happen, uh, the, the documentary is at risk. So all of this work that you guys have put into it, um, I mean, I'm, I, I know the two of you and it sounds like you've been so resilient over the last eight years that if the Kickstarter doesn't happen, I, I don't see you being down for too long. I know you guys are going to get this done, but it, this is a very crucial, important step for you. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that was the thing. It was sort of, I mean, it was kind of a, I wouldn't say latch, last dis- ditch attempt but it was definitely, it was a hard decision to actually do the Kickstarter. Yeah. Get, Cause again, it just goes back to that point. It was like, we didn't really want to sort of like have to kind of like yeah, we just didn't really want to do it. You know, we wanted to really kind of keep it kind of self-funded and, and not have to rely on, on on the fans kind of helping us out, basically, in that sense. But it was, um, but it was, yeah, it was just that kind of like, this is, you know, we need to kind of, almost like pre-sales, I suppose. Yeah. Um, even though it's not, you know, the, the cost of what Blu-rays and DVDs will eventually cost isn't as much as what the donation might necessarily be, but that's because we just, we need to have that kind of money there just to make sure we can yeah. buy through the production and stuff. Um, so it's quite, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are other options open to us, and even like with the exposure that we've got, um, then if it, we don't get over that kind of finish line, then then I'm sure there will be other options that will kind of present themselves to us. But it would be, you know, it, it's just, you know, it would be like another setback, and then it'll be more time, and then and yeah. we just, you know, and we want to kind of like move on and do other things and, and make other documentaries or other films. And it's like we, you know, we're focused on we've got to get this finished first before we embark on any other new kind of projects otherwise where you know it's constantly being put on the back burner and it doesn't deserve to be it deserves to sort of like have our full attention and i think i I think what's been been wonderful you know you you do have the school of thought was like oh it's taking them eight years you know 
and and have been sort of negative about it. But actually, then when you start to speak to people who make films themselves, you know, that are in the industry, and it and and you know, really what. The, the, the bigger part... Like, actually, only eight years, that's not too bad. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, like it's a documentary. 10, it's like, oh, that's all right then. Take it from me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, it, it is, I think people have said, you know what, you've never given up on this. You know, and whatever, it's, it's that triumph over adversity. And, you know, we've all, what, we, what we've always wanted to do, and again, the reason for the Kickstarter, is that, yes, we could deliver um, an edited version of, of, of the documentary, but the point is, is that we want to, we want to create something that's really special. You know, we want to be creative with it. Again, um, continues the theme of, of, of the original films that captures that, and that all takes money. And um, and again, working in the film industry, there are so, how many times do do we get told? You know, oh, we, oh, we'd love you to do this project. Oh, I'd love you to come and do this interview. Oh, but I've got no money to pay you. Well, yeah. you know what? How am I supposed to pay my bills? You know, this is my job. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I absolutely love, Anthony loves what we do. But we have to pay, we can't live on fresh air. And we can, we don't expect then, to, you know, our crew to, to live on fresh air, you know. So this is the whole point. We have to, we you know, we, the reason why it's £40,000 is because that's how much it's going to cost us in this country to pay for the, you know, for the... Um, for the, the for the crew for their wages to, to to fly back to the states to get permits to film you know in again these locations that are, are, are difficult to get into um, that Ghostbusters fans will know and, and love and again to just bring something that's that extra that's, that's extra special we, we you know it's not just a documentary where there's a presenter doing a piece of camera I'm not on camera at all in it. Um, unless I'm the director to took a, yeah, yeah. a executive decision on that so, one. <laughs> <laughs> I did protest a little, but anyway, he won. He won. D- director won over a producer. I'm not sure that's that that's actually how it happened. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I don't know that that ever happens. <laughs> but Anthony has a um, he has a vision he, and, 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 a, and a creativity and something special that he wants to do again to bring something extra special to the to to the, the finished product, and that all costs money. And and then again, Kickstarter didn't even you know, yeah, it didn't, um, it didn't even exist started, when we started so the documentary. Yeah, exactly. So, but it, you know, it's been very, it's been very important for us to have creative control over this. There, you know, and again, that's why we haven't gone to any big, you know, we didn't go to Sony to 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 fund it for you know to help us fund it because we wanted to be able to bring a documentary that really does justice to the film and not just have the, the key marquee names that always do the talking about these films. Um, but, you know, it, it's £40,000 at a bare minimum, that is. I mean, it could cost yeah. us a lot more, but that's the minimum that we do need to get this, you know, documentary finished and, and in the can. Yeah, well, it definitely, it does sound like it's something very special. And, and you know, I, I, for one, really hope that you guys make your goals. So I can't can't stress to people enough, if you're listening to this and you haven't donated, uh, you know, uh, like Claire was saying, even if you just th- throw in a dollar, throw in uh, a couple bucks, that's going to help, help them get to the end. So, um, well, thank you guys. Again, the, the name of the film, Cleaning Up the Town, Remembering Ghostbusters. And uh, please go check out the Kickstarter. Uh, Chris and I will be posting it all over the place for the last 10 days here. So uh, now, now's the time. If you want to see this documentary and see it soon, uh, donate, donate now. 
Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our call-in line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters! Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, Chris, our third third episode. I don't know what are we doing, man. Jeez, what we're full time talking about uh, not living on air. We're gonna have to start getting that chill money here soon. <laughs> what are what are you doing? I am. So you I just invite know. me to these parties where I I talk. And I, I'll hell, I'll ramble. <laughs> I'm not getting paid. Well, You're not I, even buying me drinks. I'll no. talk, but you you're the one who has to assemble this and post it online. <laughs> You fool. I'm a fool. I'm a fool. But it's for a good cause. I mean, as it as is. everybody just heard, uh, this thing sounds really special. And and again, not to not to demean or or negate what uh, the Ghost Heads crew are doing because that's super cool as well. And um, you know what they're doing is very special in preserving the fan stories. Um, this is this is also a little piece of film history. Um, and uh, you know, I think. The good news is uh, Ghost Heads has already had one uh, very successful crowdfunding campaign, so let's let's help uh, cleaning up the town have one successful uh, crowdfunding campaign, and they can just you know finish finish this up, clean up the town, and then we can actually all enjoy it. So we can spend the entire summer watching new movie, two documentaries, an endless amount of Entertainment Tonight specials, you name it. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll we'll grab the pizza and the popcorn and everything and watch the the five hours of cleaning up the town and two hours <laughs> of ghost heads and uh, a DVD of the new movie and by that time it's you know uh, it's the day is done. So blue Blu-rays of the old movies. Yep, yep. Can't real, wait. Real Ghostbusters marathon. Now you're just I wow. We're gonna have to do like a butt numathon or something. Uh, Mar- just marching like a week. In- marching in Culver City to try to get them to put Extreme <laughs> Ghostbusters out on DVD. Yeah, come on, guys. Jeez, that'll be our next campaign. What is the deal? What do we want? Extreme Ghostbusters. When do we want it? That last bit was way too long to say. <laughs> we want it back in 1998. No, well, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so thanks again to Anthony and, and Claire for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. I know three episodes in one week. Uh, hopefully you guys have uh, lengthy commutes or something. I don't know when you're going to listen to all of these. but uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't get used to it. This is a, just a bit of a, an outlier week. But, yeah, this uh, is. Uh, and then, you know, with uh, with next week coming up, there's definitely going to be a flurry of stuff, too. So, um, I'll tell, so tell people now before we sign off here, as, as Claire and Anthony said, as you said, um, it's 10 pounds, which depending on which country you're in is 15, 16 bucks to get in. And it puts your name in the credits. And like I said, this is going to be a piece of cinematic history, like film history. Um, yeah, this the, will be something that people watch in film theory classes. Uh, 15 bucks yeah. is cheap to get your name stamped on this thing for eternity. So uh, in the last few days here, you know, just think, you know, go without a couple of Starbucks and, uh, you know, 
get your name in there. Show yeah, that you're your you're a real ghost head. Uh, don't don't be like the poor people in the first two movies that didn't get their names in the credits. That was something new to me too. I mean, we've been talking about that, but yeah, yeah. don't don't get left behind. Um, I hadn't even considered until they talked about it that there was this middle step where they were still cutting people out because we live in the era of everybody's in the in the credits now, especially in a CGI world that you know it takes a hundred people in all one the artists house to, yeah. to touch a thing. Every artist gets mentioned and. Don't get me wrong, those guys are very talented people in a very technical era, but guys who were, you know, sweating hot resin and, and you know, physically pulling uh, latex molds, holy crap, just cut out. Like, they were just way too, yeah. way too tradesmen to be counted in, in the... I was going to, oh shoot, I was going to ask about, oh, I forgot her name, she popped up on Twitter, um, she makes, uh, she designs these beautiful collector's watches now for Disney. But she was a puppeteer of the terror dogs. So those those manually controlled terror dogs, like at the party and on the temple, she's one of the two people inside the rig or whatever, manually controlling wow. them. And I forgot to ask. I was going to ask them if they had heard of her or had spoken was, to her. I was going to... I bet she's probably in there based on what, what they were saying. So Maybe. Yeah, or I, the I, flip side is, is maybe she got cut out. Who knows? So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but no, like 70 people... Oh, God. Like, really, we just need to get this film done so we can find out everything they got. Like, All those just, stories, yeah. It is like a cinematic dragon's hoard of, of gold. <laughs> it's just, oh my god. Yeah, so hit hit their Kickstarter. We'll, of course, be posting links on our Twitter and our Facebook and all over the place. But uh, it's it's not hard to find. Just search for Cleaning Up the Town. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can even look in Kickstarter and search for it there. But uh, please, 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 I, I'm, I'm begging. This is me begging. And I know we're sounding like a telethon, but please, just a couple bucks. And begging. like Chris said, just please, so begging we can see this. <laughs> Put your loving arms around me. Ooh, Wow. Hey, before begging, this gets too tender... Uh, begging you. Come on. <laughs> the silky trigger- pipes of Chris Stewart, everybody. That's right. <laughs> the, the, the raspy call of Chris Stewart. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll, we'll be talking to you soon. Keep, keep to your crossword feeds, but we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. They used to be one of my two favorite shows. They're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Fastmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. Next week, though, Careless Pets.